It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. It is Wednesday, November 15th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. The coaching carousel began spinning earlier this season and will continue to heat up as we get closer and closer to the offseason. Names like Matt Rule, Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders, among other current head coaches, are being discussed as those who could leave their current programs for others that are right now open, or in the case of Rule, return to college after a stint in the NFL. But what about some of the assistant coaches who have earned a shot? Who are some names to watch that could potentially make a jump? Well, 24-7 Sports National College football writer Brandon Marcello put together a list of assistants that could potentially make that rise, and he joins me now to break it all down. Marcello, what's going on, man? Thanks so much for giving me some time today. Really appreciate it. Not much. Season's winding down. It's crazy. Yeah, not a not a very appetizing week uh, of college football coming up uh, this weekend. Cupcake week, although we do have a couple good games in the Pac-12 uh, to keep an eye on. But, you know, the season is winding down, as you said. We already have some head coaching openings in the Power 5 as well as in the Group of 5, too. But on today's episode, we're going to spotlight four names on this list that you made of assistant coaches who could potentially take this next jump. And I'll preface this by saying not all the names on this list are ones that could make the jump to necessarily become a head coach right away. Some of these are position coaches that could jump to coordinators. There's an interim offensive coordinator on here that could jump to permanent. So it's not all just a jump to head coach. And of course, while we will only talk four names here, you can find the whole list over at 247sports.com. So Brandon, before we start, there's a lot of notable assistants on this list. Can you just explain the process and how you went about putting something like this together? Yeah, for the last few weeks or yeah, about a few weeks here that I've been reaching out to uh, coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, coordinators, agents, personnel, people within uh, college football programs all across the country, all on the FBS level. And you know, I just kind of presented them with a survey of, you know, tell me who you think is on the rise and we'll be getting kind of promotions, whether they're at their current school or somewhere else at a different school. Who are some coaches who might potentially be on the move, you believe, looking to leave their current situation? And then also, if there's any coaches that they believe might be on the hot seat themselves based off their performances past year and also what they've been doing with recruiting and what they've been hearing themselves just in coaching circles, because all these guys keep in touch. So, Sit that survey out to, as I said, more than a hundred of these of these guys and gals, and got those results to trickle in over the last few weeks, and uh, got enough responses to a point where we had a pretty good uh, uh, sampling of of names and names that were coming up, you know, more often than not. So we were able to make a pretty healthy list. And these are names from all over the country, from coast to coast, various position uh, coaches, various coordinators. Again, it's not all just coordinators or position coaches looking to make a jump to a head coach. It could be position coaches looking to jump to coordinators. Like I said, interims looking to jump to permanents. But for the first name I want to discuss, it's Ohio State receivers coach Brian Hartline. Now, look, his track record when it comes to recruiting, it shows he's one of the best in the country on the trail. He's developed multiple first-round receivers, even with Jackson Smith and Jigba hurt for most of the season. Ohio State's receiver room is still arguably the best in the country, led by Marvin Harrison Jr. As you were surveying the country 
which is what did you hear about Hartline and his potential bump to either a coordinator position or potentially a head coaching position in the near future? Yeah, he's in a very interesting spot because he could he's going to have options after this season and not to say he hasn't had options actually, obviously even last year, but he's going to have a, an opportunity here to go be maybe an OC at, at a program, a Power 5 program potentially. But what was also most intriguing and interesting to me in talking to people and getting these survey results was how, or how many people saying that Heartline is someone that could land in the NFL uh, as an assistant coach after this offseason. He loves it there at his alma mater at Ohio State. Who wouldn't get into coach there and be as successful he has? And as you said, it's just been absolutely a killer on the recruiting trail for them. Um, so he's going to have options, and whether he decides to leave, that's obviously up to him. But he's going to have the possibility here to rise and rise up quickly, whether it's this year or the next cu couple of years. But this year in particular, with the way they've been able to perform in back-to-back -back years at the receiver's spot and the way he's been recruiting, he's a name to watch, not just in college football, but potentially in NFL as an assistant coach. Yeah, and of course, Brian Harline spent seven seasons in the NFL, most of which came with the Miami Dolphins. I think he spent one or two years uh, with Cleveland Browns, but he's built quite the wide receiver room for Ohio State. And like I said, Jackson Smith and Jigba hurt for most of the year. You'd think that would be a catastrophic loss, and it would for most teams, but not for Ohio State. They have Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Egbuka, Julian Fleming, among others that have made an impact. So next up, staying in the Big Ten, Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters. He's really revitalized this Illini defense, making it one of the best in the country. Now, his alma mater is Colorado, which just so happens to be a team right now that is in the market for a new head coach. Do you like his chances to make the jump this offseason, whether it's to Colorado or maybe a group of five job if one opens? Yeah, it's very possible. In fact, uh, it's interesting that Barry Lunny Jr., the offensive coordinator at Illinois, just recently agreed to a new contract there at Illinois, an extension because of the success they're experiencing in, in Illinois this year. But Ryan Walters has not agreed to an extension, has not signed anything. And in fact, he was asked about it this week and he said, hey, he just talked up Illinois and said, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you want to be here at a place like this. But, you know, he knows that there's other opportunities out there and certainly is in the discussion when it comes to that Colorado job. And because of goodness gracious, for most of this season, Illinois has been a top college football in scoring defense. They entered this week at number three after a, a rare kind of stumble, but it was against a Purdue offense that scores lots of points and they still kind of kept them in check. But Illinois and what he's been doing there is is substantial. And also you look through his track record previously at a place like Mizzou. He was a coordinator under Barry Odom, a very well-respected coach at Mizzou and was held over kind of in the Eli Drinkowitz era, but then left to go to Illinois. And it wasn't necessarily one of those decisions was like, oh, he's taking a demotion or he got fired. No, it's just he wanted to go do his own thing and, and had done his time there at Mizzou. So that is a name that is certainly on the rise. And if he doesn't get the Colorado head coaching job, certainly will have some possible potential, I should say, to to land elsewhere as a coordinator at a big-time Power 5 program. I'm not sure about maybe even being a group of five coach right now would intrigue him, but keep an eye on him maybe potentially at a bigger program as, as a coordinator if the Colorado situation doesn't work out. But then again... He's got options. Illinois is willing to to pay up to keep him as well. 
Oh, absolutely. And with Illinois' success, they'd love to have him back next year. Uh, and I'm sure would be willing to, to pony up the cash to make sure that that happens. Now, of course, I spoke with Adam Munster-Tiger uh, right after Carl Durrell was fired at Colorado, and he said that Ryan Walters will definitely be a name involved in this coaching search. Now, that was a couple weeks ago, but still, you got to think that, that Colorado, or that Ryan Walters, I should say, is on, is on Colorado's short list, obviously being an alumni there and having played there too. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hit on our final two names. You're listening to the College Football Daily. Back here with Brandon Marcello discussing some assistant coaching names that can make the jump to either head coach or coordinator positions. And Marcello, up next is Garrett Riley, brother of USC head coach Lincoln Riley and the current offensive coordinator at TCU. He's followed Sonny Dykes from SMU to TCU. That Horned Frogs offense averages over 40 points per game and is a big play machine. Now, we saw the rise Lincoln Riley had to becoming a head coach. Do you think Garrett has that same rise, maybe as soon as even this offseason? I don't know if he'll be a power five. I don't think he'll be a power five head coach going into next year. And, and simply put, because one, I think the coaching carousel is not going to be spinning as crazy as it did last year at the head coaching spot. We had 29 openings in the FBS that were filled. I don't think we're going to necessarily come close to that this year, especially on the power five level. But Garrett Riley's actually been taking kind of a similar trajectory to his brother, both starting off really at ECU as coordinators and assistant coaches. And now, Garrett has found himself a very good fit with Sonny Dykes, who Sonny Dykes kind of an air raid guy, but has obviously uh, mixed and matched certain things and uh, different schemes and aspects into his offense over the years. And Garrett Riley has presented quite the balance for them offensively. You know, at SMU, they were scoring points like crazy even there, especially last season. And then this year at TCU, to do what they're doing after with much of the same roster that TCU had last year, before they got there, uh, it's quite remarkable what they're doing, especially with Max Duggan at quarterback, who's always kind of been, uh, you know, his numbers kind of average, but now he's just his his production and the protection of the football has been fantastic. And they've got some good playmakers there. And Garrett Riley setting himself up to, one, potentially get some offers from some bigger Power 5 programs as an OC. And maybe that would be what would kind of get him over that quote-unquote hump, even though it's still very early in his career, to maybe be a head coach here in the next two or three years. So, But he's a name that's going to be very hot in coaching circles and is someone who's going to be, a lot of coaches are going to just want to bend his ear, so to speak, when they get to January, when they get to the coaches convention, everybody descends on Charlotte and everybody's sharing ideas. They're going to want to hear about how he got everything done at TCU this year, but very hot name to watch this offseason. And you brought up Max Duggan and what he has helped do for Duggan and has really helped revitalize his career. Now, granted, you got to remember Max Duggan didn't start the season, but he came in after an initial injury and he's taken TCU and the Big 12 and all of college football by storm and is helping lead the Horned Frogs to a potential college football playoff appearance. So the last name to keep an eye on, Marcelo, is Ryan Grubb, Washington's offensive coordinator. And what a turnaround the Huskies offense has had in one year of the Kalen DeBoer era. You know, you got to remember back to last year, that offense was just non-existent under Jimmy Lake to say to say it kindly. Uh, I would think that such an improvement would put him on the short list of a bunch of jobs that open up this offseason, whether it's head coaching jobs or as we've talked about, bigger power five coordinator jobs. Do you see him as someone who could be one and done at Washington and either take over his own program soon or jump to a quote unquote bigger power five job and be a coordinator there? He's very similar to Garrett Riley in the sense that he's kind of been able to attach himself to a coach and, and 
take that and one get some some clarity on his own vision with his offense and also be able to implement what he wants to do and under Kalen DeBoer what they were able to do at Fresno State and now Washington is fantastic and what they did was that they were able to replace some really big holes through the transfer portal, obviously getting Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana over to Washington, who was a quarterback that Kalen DeBoer had coached previously as an OC when he was at Indiana. And listen, Penix's two most successful years as a quarterback have been under DeBoer now. And Ryan Grubb, maybe it's time for him to show that he's ready to go do his own thing out from underneath Kalen DeBoer. And I think that would be more in line with a power five uh, offensive corner position elsewhere, potentially outside the Pac-12. That'd be interesting to watch, though. I'll say this, depending on if there's any group of five jobs that open up on the West Coast, there are some intriguing options there that I believe that his name will come up. But We haven't seen those openings yet, so it's kind of hard to kind of project where that would be. But I think if there's some group of five schools that come open, here on the West Coast, Ryan Grubb's name is going to be on those lists. Absolutely. And again, we have to remember, we're still early in this coaching carousel cycle. Still in the season, we obviously saw how much it spun last year uh, with, I think, close to 30 uh, head coaching openings. Uh, not all at one point, but throughout the course of the offseason, all of them got obviously filled. Uh, some big ones as well, too. Major Power 5 programs were looking for head coaches in this past offseason. Will this offseason be the same? I think likely not. But still, you got to assume that there are jobs that will be open that aren't currently open. So while we hear the common names being thrown around, the Matt Rules, the Lane Kiffins, the Deion Sanders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when more jobs or as more jobs open up, more names are going to be thrown around, more names are going to be mentioned, more names are going to be linked to specific schools, whether it's Power 5 jobs or Group of 5 jobs. But Ryan Grubb, Garrett Riley, Ryan Walters, Brian Hartline, those are four names to watch this offseason. And again, there are so many more we didn't discuss, but remember, you can find the whole list over at 247sports.com. Brandon, really appreciate the time. And remember to follow Brandon on Twitter at bmarcello. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review. And of course, go ahead and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. So for Brandon, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily, and we'll talk to you again on Friday.